the chapel and we're gonna get married. Going to the chapel and we're gonna get married. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wedding Pro Radio, your show that talks all things wedding and wedding-related topics. I am Rich Leggett with Black Tie Events with my co-host, Abby Hillis, with the ACH Events. How are you, Abby? Hello, everyone. I am doing great, and I am just super excited for today's episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a very special guest we're going to talk to. But first, I want to do a couple of sponsor thank yous. Uh, thank you to the Phoenix Radio Network, which broadcasts our show every Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon, so you can listen to it live there. Um, also, if you want to listen to it on podcast, it's pretty much on any and all podcast platforms, so you guys can check that out and uh, take advantage of that. Also, thanks to ACH Events, DJ Songlist, which is a great planning app, which helps you get through the day and plan your wedding and pick songs and then email the list to your DJ or band. Uh, they're a sponsor. We're glad to have them. And then Black Tie Events. So we have a great guest today. We have Jessica Upton with uh, Uptown Events Planning and Design. Hi, Jessica. Hello, how are you today? We are great. We are great. We're so excited to have you on the show. And uh, Abby has spoke wonders of you and the great job that you do. And we uh, had some questions and we haven't talked about these segments yet, but we're going to talk about honeymoons and hotel room blocks and all kinds of stuff. But first, I want to know about your your business a little bit. Tell us how you got in the business and and, uh, a little bit about your business. Yeah, definitely. So I'm the founder of Uptown Events, um, a wedding planning business in Austin, Texas, we specialize in weddings here around the Austin and Texas Hill Country area, but we also do destination weddings in Mexico and in the Caribbean. And then I am also the owner and operator of J. Upton Travel. Um, we, with J. Upton Travel, we specialize in uh, custom itineraries and unique experiences around the world. So um, planning our couples' honeymoons and vacations. Um, so that's a little bit about my business. Um, I started in the wedding industry in Austin in 2007. Um, so been around for a little while. Um, I started at on the venue side of things and one of those venues just happened to be a hotel. So I was able to learn about um, kind of the inner workings of hotel operations. Um, giving me both the experience in the wedding industry and the travel industry. Um, I started Uptown in 2012 um, and then added the travel services in 2016. Um, and so it's it's been a whirlwind ride ever since then. I bet. Um, but it's something that I, I truly love and I'm passionate about, both weddings and travel. Um, and we have a great team of planners uh who who really take fantastic care of our couples that's awesome well you you know the the great thing about it is you kind of got your feet wet with the hotel industry and then you thought hey you know what i can branch out and and there's a cool way to handle this and do other things and and provide a better service for my clients which is amazing yes definitely and i mean I know it's cheesy, but I always say like the two industries marry into each other nicely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's been a, a really great combination, and it's advantageous to our clients who um, have destination weddings if Austin's their destination, or if they're traveling elsewhere for their wedding. So. Right. Well, you know, part of our goal here that Abby and I try to do is give people great information, and one of the things we haven't talked about is honeymoon stuff as much and um wedding hotel room blocks so uh 
I know that you were gonna gonna touch on the wedding hotel room blocks and and how brides should take a look at that and how they should handle that and what they should look for and the pitfalls and the do's and don'ts. So, um, Abby, did you have a question about hotel room blocks to start us off? Well, I think the one thing that I just wanted to endorse and share with Jessica is we're actually um, we have I I have a big corporate client that I'm actually doing their event for. We did it last year and we're doing it again this year in December. And something that like I think is an incredible resource is having a professional who specializes in specific things help you. So like we're even planning on um, you know outsourcing and hiring her to do and handle the room block for that client as well as like airport transportation and air travel. And I think that one thing is like I am a great wedding planner and I, I know that about myself but there's also things like room blocks can be an absolute nightmare and <laughs> adding that into wedding planning for a client is is a, a lot and it can just especially if it's a large amount of people coming in from out of town so I think First and foremost, Jessica, I just want you to share like any of your tips and tricks on like when to book and how to book and how do you decide the number of rooms, what types of rooms, because I feel like even myself could help with some advice on that. Yeah, I mean, wedding hotel room blocks is, let's be honest, it's not the like fun, exciting <laughs> part of planning a wedding, you know, like it's no. something that has to be done, but no one's excited about it. Um, and there's some information out there um, if you're Googling wedding room blocks, but you know, having someone who can guide you through the process is a tremendous help. Um, so as far as like your questions, as far as like when to book, um, I think the sooner the better. Usually like eight to 10 months out, if you can even do a year out, great. Um, basically, once you've got your venue locked in and your date, you can move on to a hotel room blocks. Um, most hotels aren't going to allow you to do any more than a year out, but uh, eight anywhere between eight to twelve months out is good. Um, okay, far, let me let me ask yeah. you a question on that because yeah. you tell me that, and my anxiety immediately increases because then I know that I'm having to go back to the client and go, okay, what's your total guest invite number? We're going to estimate X amount attending. How many of that amount is coming in from out of town so that way we can get a rough idea of how many hotel rooms to get. So to me, I like to, in my mind, I wait longer. Do not do it at that time if I'm being completely honest yeah. because of figuring out all those logistics. So do you have any like tips and tricks on like how to, make it happen that far out and do it successfully? Yes. Um, so number one thing that I recommend before I even really want to hop on a call with a client is I want them to have conversations with their family and with their guests because every, you know, couples will ask what, what percentage should we estimate will actually stay at the hotel and it can vary widely. And so I think by first having conversations with family, with friends, like wedding party, you know, are they going to stay at a hotel? Or you may have college friends that all want to just get together and get an Airbnb. And so mm -hmm. in your mind, you were initially thinking, oh, that's 20 people that will need hotel rooms. In actuality, they never planned a hotel room whatsoever. So having those conversations early on um, can be very, very helpful. And then also just being very cautious. Um, your, and I'll get into like more in depth of like a contracted block, but um, 
it's always better to play it safe with hotels. We're lucky in that we live and work in a market where there are an abundance of options. I mean, unless you're planning over like F1 weekend or ACM or something like that. Yeah. But um, outside of that, there are an abundance of options. So obviously our goal is to get as many of your guests staying in one location or two locations as possible. Um, But estimating low to where we can always add on more rooms, hopefully later in most cases, um, is, is my biggest suggestion so okay so let me jump in real quick yeah so just so we'll know when so people who are who are new to the wedding industry and and new to planning their wedding just so we can clarify a little bit when we're talking hotel room blocks guys we're talking about guests that are coming in from out of town typically um who are staying in the hotel so i I just want to make sure everybody understood that that we weren't talking about you putting the whole (laughs) the whole guest list in a hotel for uh for them to stay yeah unless you're doing a destination wedding I feel like too is, and I don't know if your clients do this, Jessica, but um, one of the things like I do know, I have like one of my clients that like 97% are going to be destination into Austin. And one of the things I had them do is when they made their initial guest list and itemized each each person out in a row um, to put a column next to it and be like out of town. Yes. And then the next column is need hotel. Yes. So you can start trying to estimate who is going to be coming in from out of town and of those people like are they going to need a room and then recognizing can you anticipate certain people that you're inviting because you know you need to invite but they're not going to come um to try to get a better idea of number of rooms is that sound like is that a good process yeah definitely i think the more thought and research um, that you can put into uh, getting a a realistic number on how many rooms you're going to need to block um, is only going to help you, you know, and again, I realize this isn't like the fun part of wedding planning, but it is an, it's a necessary part. And by having the going through and really looking at those numbers and having the conversations early on, um, it, it can save you a lot later on um, because there, there can be a huge financial component um, like commitment for, for room blocks. And so you want to get as close to accurate as possible on your numbers. Which leads to like kind of the next point I think we should talk about is the reason you need to know those numbers is because of the different types of contracts that you're going to go under yeah. with yep. the, the hotels. Can you talk a little bit just about like the difference between a courtesy and a courtesy contract and an attrition contract and how those work? Yeah, definitely. So um, courtesy is a, essentially the hotel is giving you a certain number of rooms as a courtesy um, with no financial commitment tied to it. Um, within cur- the courtesy umbrella, there's also guaranteed um, rooms and non-guaranteed rooms. So you really need to be cautious whenever you're contracting with courtesy blocks um, to know, is the hotel actually guaranteeing that they are holding those rooms for you? Or are there any, under any circumstances, can they pull those rooms for you at any point? Um, the the non-guaranteed is a little bit more rare, but it certainly does happen. So just being aware of that. Um, the the pro side with a courtesy block, obviously, is that there is no financial commitment. The, the con side is that you're typically only able to get 10, maybe 15 rooms at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to have a lot of guests traveling in from out of town, uh, you're definitely going to need more than 10 to 15 rooms. Courtesy block isn't necessarily the way to go. Um, 
because you know for sure you're going to have a lot more guests staying in that particular property. Um, in most cases, especially in the Austin market and um, even with destination weddings, you're, it's very hard to come by courtesy blocks e anymore. Um, the, the pandemic really affected the hotel industry and so therefore they've gotten a little tighter on offering those. Um, so you'll more commonly see attrition blocks and with attrition blocks, you are going to have a financial commitment with those. Um, the key point is how much of a financial commitment. Um, on average, I see 80 to 90% attrition. So you being financially committed to filling 80 to 90% of the rooms that you block. Um, again, within the uh, attrition umbrella, there's two different types. So there is accumulative attrition and non-accumulative attrition. Um, very, very important factor that I think can be easily overlooked, but accumulative is looking at the entire wedding weekend. So say you have a Saturday wedding and you're blocking 10 rooms on Friday night and 15 rooms on Saturday night. Um, if your attrition rate is 90%, then you have to fill 90% of the 25 total room nights. Um, if it's non-accumulative, then that means you have to fill 90% of the 10 on Friday and 90% of the 15 on Saturday, um, which can be a little bit more challenging if you only end up with, say, five on Friday, but 40 on mm -hmm. Saturday, you know? Um, so just something to, to kind of watch out for on attrition blocks. And so basically, in a nutshell, if you're looking for and negotiating for the best type of contract it would be the lowest amount percentage of attrition so 80 percent if you could get that and then yep. it would also be trying to get the cumulative so that way it's not just about each night but it's about the weekend correct 100%. okay yep. okay got it so exactly. so when you guys are, are laying that stuff out what are some of the terms that uh that they look for in the contract that you, you can make people aware of and, and stuff to look for in the contract itself yeah, so obviously biggest ones are courtesy blocks versus attrition block. Like you right. want to know that straight off the bat, what you're working with. Um, the type of room, so like run of house is a common term that is used for um, basically gen generic room categories. So the hotel isn't specifying within the contract the exact room category. Run of house essentially means that they can, in a way, kind of assign whatever room category that they have available. Right. Um, so being aware of that because if you have all families and you know you're gonna need double queen rooms across the board, then that may affect whether or not you want run of house versus specifying double queens. Right. Um, cutoff date, every contract is gonna have a cutoff date. Typically cutoff date is around 30 days prior to your guest arrival. Um, and your cutoff date, the importance of that is all of your guests have to make their reservations at the hotel prior to that cutoff date. Once that cutoff date happens, any remaining rooms that you have unfilled within your block, um, basically go back into the hotel's inventory and they can sell them to the public. So those discounted rates that were negotiated are not necessarily going to any longer be available to your guests. Right. So it's super important to know when your cutoff date is. Yeah, yeah, I, w I would think that'd be key. That would be key. And yes. so how, how if, if uh, cause it's kind of complicated process, my head is spinning from all the attrition numbers. <laughs> so, yeah. and, my, I, and I can imagine that everybody else will, when they get to that process, will uh, will be that way as well. So how could a travel travel advisor or a wedding planner like Abby help you in this process or help a client in this process to get this done just to make it as simple as possible? 
Yeah. Well, first off, um, your wedding planner or a travel advisor that specializes in that area is most likely going to have um, a knowledge base and relationships with the sales managers at the hotels. And so they're going to be able to guide you through um, which ones to reach out to in, in regard to what location may be best and proximity to your venue. Mm-hmm. Um, they may also be aware of which ones may have additional challenges or just workarounds. For example, like parking issues um, mm-hmm. or if transportation is a big component for your wedding. Um, some hotels just don't have um adequate space in front of the hotel for large buses to pull up you know little things like that that are going to greatly affect your wedding weekend but you're not going to think about until much later on um your wedding planner and travel advisor are also going to know of like busy weekends where big festivals are happening and have a general idea as far as industry standard rates of what to expect um and then may also be able to help you with negotiating because Room blocks, you may be quoted something right off the bat, and the hotel, depending upon their occupancy level for that particular weekend, may or may not have um, negotiating room, and and so your wedding planner can can help guide you through that. So um, there's a lot of advantages to having a wedding planner or travel advisor to guide you through that process. Well, you know, I, I never would have thought of the parking thing, but now that you mention it, I, I bet that is huge. And where the buses are going to park if, if they're having buses shuttle people around. Uh, I would never even have thought of that. So that is a great tip. Yeah, definitely. And I think something else, too, to go back to that negotiation point that is super important for anyone who's stepping into these types of contracts, specifically with hotels, and anyone that works in a hotel is probably going to hate me for saying this, but it's true. You can't really negotiate after the contract has been signed. Like whatever you go under contract with is what you are stuck to and you're stuck to those terms. So my biggest request or biggest suggestion to clients is like when you get the first offer from the, the hotel, don't be afraid to counter offer. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, like one thing that I try to negotiate is parking rates and ballet rates. So how can we get a discounted rate if you, and it helps the more rooms you book, the bigger the contract, the more they're going to be willing to negotiate with you. Right. So like trying to negotiate instead of a $35 a night overnight parking fee, we drop it down to 15 for all guests. So it makes it a little bit more affordable for them. Um, And then also just negotiating the rate. Like if you know it's a dead, specifically there's very few weekends now in Austin that are dead, but if you know it's like more of a dead weekend, that's maybe it's a, second weekend in January, there's not a lot going on. Like you have more room to negotiate on rates because you know that the hotels probably aren't going to fill. So it's like, hey, give me a better rate. So I just think I always like to stress to clients, like negotiate up front because that's going to be your only time where you can get any wiggle room. And then also recognize that if you do book a lot of rooms, you can negotiate a free room for yourself. Some give it to the bride and groom or bride and bride and groom and groom at the end of um, the contract and they'll give you the wedding night free. Um, but also you can sometimes negotiate a free upgrade to a suite as part of your contract and things like that. So don't be afraid to negotiate ahead of the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
So yeah. Jessica, any closing words on that before we hit the break? Um, the, the just kind of last thing that we haven't touched on are concessions. Um, I feel like concessions are something, it's one of those kind of key terms that a lot of people will see and not really understand what exactly it means. Um, and one of those things that like Abby mentioned that you can kind of negotiate on. Um, so things that the hotel is willing to provide to you um, in exchange for you giving them your business. Right. Um, so it, it can be anything from just they're automatically giving you discounted rates for parking um, or they are offering you like a discounted rate on the suite. Those sorts of things you can negotiate on concessions. But like Abby said, you want to do that in the very, very beginning. Right. Before um, you sign the contract. you sign on that dotted line until delivered it's done yeah. <laughs> no i get and it hotel, hotels stick to that man they're sticklers once yes. once that contract's in it's like this is your contract and there's no variance on it you signed it you signed this Absolutely. contract this is what yeah. it says so do they on the concessions thing do they do sometimes like a a extra suite where they can come and do an after party or hang out after the reception is done stuff like that is does that kind of stuff factor into concessions um, it can be, you know, those are all things that can be negotiated. Right. Um, sometimes couples will want to um, tie in like some sort of event over the weekend with their room lock. Um, that can be a little bit more challenging because within hotels, their operating structure, sometimes it's two totally different people within the hotel that handle the event sales as compared to the rooms, the sleeping room sales. Right. Um, yep. So that can can sort of complicate things a little bit, but um, it, it's certainly not impossible to negotiate that within your contract. Awesome. Well, great information, Jessica. We are going to uh, take a quick break, and Abby and I will be right back with Jessica, and we're going to talk a little bit about honeymoons when we come back from Wedding Pro Radio right after this. DJ Songlist is the ultimate special event music planning tool. It's an easy-to-use application that provides music planning and organization for any event. This app is frequently used for weddings, corporate parties, and any other event where a DJ or band has been hired. The songs are sorted by genre to make them easy to find and sort. In the app, you can listen, browse, and add songs to your customizable song list. For brides, there are even sections for wedding ceremony music and wedding reception specialty songs. Once finished, you can email your band or DJ the song list directly from the app. So, if you're planning a wedding or special event, download the DJ Song List app on the Apple App Store today and see how easy music planning for your event can be. ACH Events is a full-service wedding planning and design team based in Texas with a focus on unparalleled service and event personalization. We offer our clients expert advice and hands-on guidance, ultimately bringing your special day to fruition through a highly personalized, stress-limiting, and always enjoyable planning experience. Texas is our home, but we handle weddings across the country and internationally. Wedding planning can be overwhelming, especially in this time of COVID-19, but we're here to help. So join the hundreds of brides we've already worked with and let's help you make your wedding vision come true. Contact us at achevents.com and let's start planning your dream wedding. Looking for a DJ for your wedding celebration? Well, then look no further than Black Tie Events. We are your source for DJ entertainment and so much more. With offices in Atlanta and Dallas-Fort Worth, let us help make your special day everything you dreamed it would be. Contact us at btevents.com or call us at 770-582-0525. 
Welcome back to Wedding Pro Radio. We are so glad you guys have tuned in with us and have Jessica Upton with Jessica with uh, Planning and Design. If I could talk today, I would be very, very good. <laughs> Considering I'm doing a radio show, that would be a good thing. But um, Jessica gave us some great information earlier about uh, wedding hotel room blocks and um, gave you all the ins and outs of that. And I think um, we had one more thing we were going to talk with her about, right, Abby? Yeah, I just think that with all, you know, she also has Jay Upton travel, and I think just uh, allowing her to dive in a little bit more and shed some light and information on honeymoons would be very helpful. Again, not only just for everyone listening, but myself included. So <laughs> I'd love to dive in. Let's talk honeymoon. Well, you know, and I yeah. and I will say before we get into the honeymoon, it's so funny, and Abby, you probably have this happen too, that when you're talking to a couple, by the time we're getting to the wedding and the and the reception, they're kind of over everything. And what they're looking forward to most is the honeymoon at that yeah. point. They're, they're just like this planning process. You know, it, it kind of wears you down a little bit after a while if, when you do it for a year. And then you finally get there and, and you talk to them and they're like, yeah, we, we, we want to have fun at the party, but we're looking forward to the honeymoon. 100%. Yep, 100%. absolutely. All right. So, Jessica, hit us with all of the pointers. Like, what is the first thing? Like, I've got a client. They've told me it's full service. They've asked me to help them with honeymoon. What am I saying? What am I doing? Yeah, great question. Um, so I think the biggest thing that couples don't know what, like when to get started, right? So when do they dive into honeymoon planning? So um, one, I think that it's going to depend upon destination that you're interested in. Um, and so I, I would say anywhere from six months to a year in advance. Right now, if you're thinking um, like Europe in particular, give yourself closer to a year um, because it, it's it's madness out there. <laughs> um, but if you're closer to and you're you're like six months out, like go ahead and start reaching out to a travel advisor. Um, I'm always uh, game for taking on new clients, so I'm happy to help too. Um, but reach out to a professional travel advisor to get some help on your honeymoon planning as soon, really as soon as you are able to mentally wrap your brain around <laughs> tackling a, something else on top of wedding planning. So, um, again, sooner the better there. Got it. And then, you know, I feel like sometimes I have clients that can't, they're kind of indecisive and they don't know okay, I have 10 different options of like, we would, we're open to going these 10 different places. Um, yeah. Like, do you, do you, when you're coaching clients through like where to go, what to do, um, is the first thing you ask for cost? Is the first thing you ask for like, what's important to you? Like, how do you kind of help them narrow it down? Yeah, so I, as far as overall process, I first start out with sending them a questionnaire. So um, the questionnaire is really to get them talking and them discussing what is important to them, mm -hmm. um, what it is that they want to do on this trip. Is it total relaxation? Do they want a mix of relaxation with some like urban city vibes? Like what it what is it that's important to them on this trip? Um, and then obviously cost as well. Cost is always like a big question. Um, a lot of couples come to me and have honestly like no idea. This may be like their first big trip together. And they have no clue what to expect as far as cost. Um, kind of general rule of thumb and guide on that is at absolute minimum, not including air, not including flights, just like really hotel and maybe an activity, you can start pricing around $500 per day. 
Um, and okay. that's like minimum. It can certainly very easily get more than that, but I'm talking $500 per day. If you're looking for something casual and easy, like an all-inclusive resort um, in Jamaica or Mexico or something like that. If you're looking right. at a three week long trip to Europe where you're doing lots of excursions, lots of moving about, you're easily a thousand to $1,500 per day. Um, so it, it's a relative answer, but I help guide them through that. Um, after that questionnaire, I will schedule a call with them. So after I've already had them like talk amongst themselves <laughs> and really think about it together, then I want to get on a call with them and really dive deep into that questionnaire with them. Um, and I ask them questions, everything from um, what are your hotel style preferences? Do you like something that's more architecturally significant and um, local to the destination? Or do you like something that's more crisp, clean, and modern? Um, mm, yeah. What yeah. is like your dream day on a honeymoon? Like, what would that look like? Um, my favorite question that I ask is what is a wow experience that would really set apart this vacation for you um, whenever you return? Like the bit, one big thing that would make this trip over the top. And it's always really cool to hear people's answers on that. And it's very telling as to what their personal travel preferences are. Yeah, no, I, I mean, this all makes, I think just I'm like thinking I already have clients that I just want to send your way and be like, here, Jessica's <laughs> going to take care of your honeymoon and she's going to ask yeah. all the right questions. <laughs> it, it's so much about the questions, like making sure that I'm asking the right questions to get the information that I need from them is, is a big part of my job because I, I feel like as a honeymoon travel advisor and just a travel advisor in general for really any kind of vacation, it's really trying to get to know my clients mm -hmm. and um, their travel preferences. Cause some people like to move quickly and do a lot of things. And then others want to just lounge at the pool with a cocktail in hand, you know, right, so getting right. to know them on that is, is extremely important. So Jessica, what are some of your popular destinations that uh, more popular destinations that people keep going to time and time again that you recommend? Um, I, we go through trends, that's for sure. Um, so Hawaii was super big last year. Um, Europe has has really, really picked up steam. Um, in particular, Italy and Greece. Mm -hmm. um, Caribbean is all Caribbean and Mexico are always hot. I feel like, especially as a honeymoon destination, um, there's just so many to choose from. <laughs> Um, and so I think that can also be a, a challenging part of honeymoon planning is even if you know the area that you want to go to, like what hotel is best for me? What excursions um, should I really focus my time and energy on that aren't too touristy, but give me like an authentic local experience, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Those yeah, are all, yeah, absolutely. all challenges that that I feel like a, a travel advisor really, really helps guide you through. Well, you know, my wife and I, um, a couple of months ago, went to Hawaii and we went to the Big Island and absolutely had the best time. Mm -hmm. And I talked to a couple of people who said Hawaii is great, but the Big Island was their favorite because it's not as touristy. It's a little more, uh, a little more rustic. And yeah. you don't have the cruise ships coming in and, and everything else. And I would recommend if anybody's going to Hawaii, the Big Island was absolutely beautiful, amazing. And you can do all the same stuff there that you can do on Maui or in Honolulu or anything else. So it was great. Yeah, it's 
having someone to help point you in the direction of what is going to be the best fit for your personal travel preferences. I can't tell you how many times couples will put on their questionnaires, like three or four destinations that they're interested in. Right. And by the time I get off the phone with them, we're, I have guided them to a completely different destination because the ones that they've listed either don't fit the amount of time that they have for traveling or doesn't fit the budget or really just uh, overall doesn't really fit what they're wanting. They may want very much a beach destination where they can spend time um, in the crystal clear clear Caribbean water and the islands that they've listed on their questionnaire aren't really fitting for that. Um, So it's, it's a lot of like matchmaking. um, And, and then also the, the fun part of my job is getting to, kind of spoil them in a way that they didn't expect. So like something that I always do with my couples is I will reach out to my contact at the hotel on property and do what I call VIPing them. So I, I will tell them um, like my couple's favorite drinks or their favorite snacks, or if I can get my hands on a photo from their wedding day, like I'll send that to my contact at the hotel and have them print it out and frame it and stick it in their room. No, that's and awesome. couples are always that blown so cool. away by that. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, you know what though, that's customer service that people don't think about. And it, it's little touches like that. Abby and I talk about this quite a bit little touches like that in, in the industry that, that set you apart. And that, that, that's a great one. Yeah, it, it's, it, it is. It's so much about the little touches. And, and of course there's other things that a travel advisor can bring to the table. Like there's value added amenities. Um, like I'm able to get my couples in a, a hundreds of hotels around the world, like complimentary breakfast or free room upgrades, those sorts of things. So there's value adds, but then right. there's also, I think what really makes the difference is, um, those, those special relationships that, that we are able to build with our clients um, by surprising them with little touches that show that we care. Like we're human beings, we care about you and your experience and um, want to, to make this unique and personalized for you. So that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. That well, is awesome. And, Go ahead, And Abby. also having someone who can help if something comes up and happens during the traveling process, like aren't you yeah. also in a way an advocate for them as well? And you have experience on if it's missed flights or delayed flights or canceled flights yep. or uh, check-in and something's not right, like you can immediately step in and be mm-hmm. the hero and help them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel like that's something that is, is overlooked um, is that I give my cell phone number to all of my travel clients and um, if it's something that they're within a the same time zone or similar time zone as me, they I'm their primary point of contact should they need anything. Um, or if they're across the world, I always make sure that they have a local point of contact that they can reach out to as well as, as me. But as, if it, they're contacting me at 3 or 4 a.m. and there's a little bit of a delay, I want to make sure that they have someone locally that they can reach out to. Um, but even as something as simple as like, I, I once had a client who got really bad migraines and she was on her honeymoon in Greece and she knew one evening that she was getting a really bad migraine and was not going to be able to make her catamaran ride the following morning. And so instead of in the midst of her migraine, having to deal with that, she just sent me a text. I was able to work on it, get the catamaran ride rescheduled and it allowed her the recovery time during her honeymoon (laughs) And not having to deal with the mess of that. Um, That's cool. So, that is yeah, cool. Air, airlines, obviously, as we all know, have 
uh, a lot of cancellations and a lot of delays and having someone who can work on that while you're um, able to just enjoy a cocktail at the airport yeah. um, makes it makes it a much nicer and smoother travel process. Well, so, can yeah. I can I chime in on the on the airline stuff? So when when my wife and I went, um, we flew direct from Atlanta to uh, to Hawaii, which mm-hmm. was amazing because it was only eight hours as opposed to, you know, doing a stopover in LA or whatever. And yeah. our, it, you know, it's like a hundred bucks a person more, 150 a person more to do, do the direct rather than, than doing a, uh, do a nonstop rather than doing a couple of stops. And, uh, the couple we went with, they, they decided that they were going to try to save some money on the flights and it took them 17 hours to get, Ooh. to get from Detroit out to Hawaii because they tried to save 150 bucks and they, did two different stops and then those got delayed and it was just a big mess so my my tip on that is spend the extra money on the on the flight to to get there and enjoy your time rather than spending time running through airports yeah definitely and that's again something as a travel advisor like something that we guide our clients through is the flight selection process so um i always start out with recommending what flights I think are going to be the best fit for my clients for the trip that they're looking to have. Um, and and if, if they want me to book them, great. If they want to book them themselves, because a lot of times planning a wedding, you know, you're spending a lot of money and they put it on credit card and they get points and miles and whatnot. So if they want to do that and use those points and miles in their flights, hey, go for it. I'm still going to give you my guidance um, on what flights that I think would pair nicely with your itinerary, but go for it. Use those points in mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Everybody, everybody wants to use their points. Yeah, yeah. So um, any any closing words on uh, Honeymoons, Abby? I don't, I don't think so. Jess, if you have anything, feel free to chime in. But, I mean, this has been super helpful. Yeah, it has. No, I, that that pretty well covers it. Um, it's it's a fun, challenging process to plan your honeymoon, um, but having someone just like with your wedding using a planner, having someone guide you through the process um, makes it a lot less stressful. So. Awesome. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on Wedding Pro Radio. We appreciate your expertise, and we hope that you will come back and join us again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, it was great information. I'm sure all our listeners are going to enjoy it. And we are going to be back with more Wedding Pro Radio right after this. ACH Events is a full-service wedding planning and design team based in Texas with a focus on unparalleled service and event personalization. We offer our clients expert advice and hands-on guidance, ultimately bringing your special day to fruition through a highly personalized, stress-limiting, and always enjoyable planning experience. Texas is our home, but we handle weddings across the country and internationally. Wedding planning can be overwhelming, especially in this time of COVID-19, but we're here to help. So join the hundreds of brides we've already worked with, and let's help you make your wedding vision come true. Contact us at achevents.com, and let's start planning your dream wedding. DJ Songlist is the ultimate special event music planning tool. It's an easy-to-use application that provides music planning and organization for any event. This app is frequently used for weddings, corporate parties, and any other event where a DJ or band has been hired. The songs are sorted by genre to make them easy to find and sort. In the app, you can listen, browse, and add songs to your customizable song list. For brides, there are even sections for wedding ceremony music and wedding reception specialty songs. 
Once finished, you can email your band or DJ the song list directly from the app. So, if you're planning a wedding or special event, download the DJ Song List app on the Apple App Store today and see how easy music planning for your event can be. Looking for a DJ for your wedding celebration? Well, then look no further than Black Tie Events. We are your source for DJ entertainment and so much more. With offices in Atlanta and Dallas-Fort Worth, let us help make your special day everything you dreamed it would be. Contact us at btevents.com or call us at 770-582-0525. Welcome back to Wedding Pro Radio, ladies and gentlemen. So glad you guys are tuned in with us. We just had some great information. Jessica Upton uh, was on and gave us her expertise in wedding hotel room blocks and how to handle that. And also on honeymoons because she handles uh, travel for honeymoons as well. And Abby, she, she had some great information. She was a wealth of information. Oh yeah, I'm like I like I'm totally just gonna offload some certain things from certain clients to her and just be like, here you go, specialty, like take it away. I am no longer touching honeymoons and hotel room blocks. This is well, all spe- you, sister. Yeah, and especially with her expertise and the way she, my guess is she's got all kinds of connections where she can work mm-hmm. all kinds of deals and figure things out and and how in depth she got it. It kind of reminds me how you and I are when we're talking to our clients about the ceremony and the reception. She really gets in depth to try to find the perfect destination for them to go to on their honeymoon by asking them yeah. questions in the questionnaire. I just thought that was so cool. I agree. I agree. It was awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So in case you've been living under a rock, Abby is a wedding planner extraordinaire and does a great <laughs> job planning weddings, as does her company ACH Events and the whole crew that they have over there. And uh, every week we try to give her a little uh, little chance to give us a nugget of knowledge that we call our planner tip of the week. So what do we got this week, Abby? Yeah, so this week I wanted to dive into just kind of sharing when and how to do um, like send out your stationery, whether that's your save the dates or your invitations or rehearsal dinner invitations. I think a lot of the time clients don't know what protocol is for that and how much time do you allot and when do you make your RSVP date and all of that. So um, we actually have been, our team has been putting together a blog post with pink champagne designs and they do wedding invitations and wedding stationery. And they, we like reached out to them because we were like, okay, we don't want to be misguiding our clients. Like in an ideal world, what are the dates and like what is the order of operation that we do stationary? Right. And so I just wanted to share like some quick bullets on when to do things. Yeah, absolutely. So the first one would be save the dates and um, pink champagne design says you should order those eight to nine months out from your wedding. And then um, when you can go ahead, as soon as you get them and can get them addressed, just like go ahead and send them out. We agreed on this that there is you can never send a save the date too early with our society in the way that it is. We right. are a very busy society. Yep. Letting people get things on their calendar at the earliest amount that we can is the best. Um, so eight or nine months out, order save the dates, and then five to six months out, order your wedding invitations. And this seems like really far out, but a lot of the times it's it's a process. So if you're specifically going with a um, like a professional company like Peak Champagne where this is what they do for a living. It's a process to get in um, different versions and what, do you, what edits do you want to make? And then, okay, now that you've decided on the invitation, what else are you going to add in? Is there going to be a details card? Are you doing an online RSVP or an RSVP card? Like there's so many things that you have to iron out and figure out and design that like as it's not just like, 
a lot of the time you just order the invitations and boom, they're there and we're done. And even if you were to do your own through Etsy or and printing your own or um, like Minted or things like that, it's still like once you get them in your hands, I still feel like it's like can be a two week to a whole month process of getting them out and into the mail. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Five to six months out, order your wedding invitation. Hey, quick question. And then, quick question yeah. before we get to the next one. So have you found that with technology that a lot of people are doing this more um, via uh, the Internet, like uh, sending sending evites out and that kind of stuff? Or is it still they still do paper or do they do a combination of both? I think it depends on the level of commitment that the client has to tradition. I think that's like one thing that right. depends on how they process things. Um, also, parents a lot of the time have an opinion on whether or not there's something digital or something paper. Right. Uh, a lot of the time, tradition says everything's in paper, so stick to that. Mm -hmm. uh, the the clients that I have that are a little bit more modern or a little bit untraditional, unconventional, you know, they might be doing a digital save the day and a digital RSVP, but they send a paper invitation, wedding invitation. Okay. So, I think. I haven't ever had anyone that went solely digital yet, uh, but that's not to say it doesn't happen because I do think it happens with people that maybe are doing destination so everything can be on a website um, and make it easy that way to keep information up to date for the guest. Um, but yeah, I think it's more of like turning hybrid. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious about that. So five to six months out, we're ordering the wedding invitations. What's up next on the, in the timeline? So uh, the next thing you kind of need to start thinking about is your wedding day stationery and signage. So this is things like your welcome sign. If you want to have an unplugged sign at your ceremony to remind people to turn off their phones and put them up. Right. Um, table numbers, menus, thank you cards, programs, like any of that that you want to have. And again, this is like, what do you want? Not You don't have to have all of those things. Right. But just three months out, start designing it, start thinking about it, start ordering it. Because um, again, none of this is just like a in 24 hours, you have it done type thing. So it's uh, the more time you have, the less rushed you feel and the more enjoyable the process is. So three months out for that. And then um, rule of thumb is by two months out, your wedding invitations should be in the mail. So um, if you're getting married in mid-July, by mid-May, those they should already be in the way in the mail and on their way to guest. And keeping in mind that if you drop them in the mail on a Monday, they may not get to the guests, some of the guests, depending on where they're located in proximity to you right. for another week. If it's international, another two weeks, three weeks sometimes. Uh, USPS is uh, not the best right now. They're struggling with, you know, I think like everything else is. And so if you can do it like three months out, I think that would be my preference as a planner than two months out just so it gives everything more time to get figured out and get RSVP numbers in and time and things like that. Right, right, right. And then if you are doing actual invitations, paper invitations for the rehearsal dinner, the, the typical protocol for that is a one or two month out um, send. So typically people are already coming into town. You already know that they're coming. So they're already there. It's just letting them know, Hey, you're invited to the rehearsal dinner that's happening the night before. Um, so again, that one's kind of like the last thing that would go out except for after the fact, your thank you cards, um, for gifts and for people attending and that type of thing. So in a nutshell, that's like the quick rundown of timeline for stationary. I hope it helps and just kind of provides a little bit more of an outline on when to send things, when to order, 
and how to make sure you're on top of it so it's not overwhelming towards the end. Well, you know, it was great information and, and all the topics we're talking about today, we haven't really gotten a chance to dive into. So it, it adds a whole nother layer to to our expertise and knowing um, what we can talk about and the information we can pass on to clients who are planning their wedding. So I think it's amazing. Yay. Yes, me too. I thought it was a good little nugget of knowledge. Absolutely. And that's why we call on you for the planner tips. So, uh, <laughs> so next up, we have a question from Ellen in Pensacola, Florida. She said, what is a room flip and how does that impact my planning? Um, so I'm going to let you touch on this a little bit. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to jump in and explain that a room flip is usually only necessary if you are doing um, everything ceremony and reception in one room. So if you're at a hotel or you're at a facility where you're doing the ceremony inside um, and you choose to do that in the same room, that that is actually what a room flip is. Now, Abby can dive in and tell you a little bit more about how it impacts your timeline and what you need to do with that. But just so you guys understand, if you're doing if you're doing a venue where ceremonies outside and, and receptions inside and it's all on one property, you don't have to worry about a room flip. So I just want to make sure everybody understood what that was. Yeah, this is Ellen. I don't uh, what how you came up with this question and what this is. I think it's an incredible question yeah. and there's so many variables to a room flip and I can't believe we haven't touched on this before. So, great job. Um I there's a couple of things that with room flips. I think one of the times you see them is like you said, uh ceremony and reception are in the same room. Right. So typically ceremony happens we escort guests out to either typically it's outside or to another space within the venue. They do cocktail hour in that space, and while they're having drinks and appetizers, we're flipping the space, getting the table set. Florist is dropping the centerpieces onto the tables, and catering's getting ready and making sure all the play settings are set and ready to go for dinner. Um, some other times you might see this is during a rain plan. Like maybe um, you have a tent, and your tent is supposed to be used for reception, but you had a ceremony that wasn't covered, but it's raining. Sometimes you'll have to flip the tent, which means it's ceremony, and then it, it becomes reception as well. Um, that that sometimes turns into being the only option for certain venues. So a, a tent is definitely sometimes, especially when it's an outside venue, uh, can you can flip a tent basically. Yeah. Um, and I think just something to think about: room flips typically involve a lot more physical labor. So the one that comes to mind in Austin is Allen House. It's a gorgeous venue in downtown Austin. It's an old house, historic house. It's white, it's gorgeous. It has huge oak trees on property and guests typically, or clients typically get married under the oak trees in the courtyard. Then we ask the guests to come upstairs to the house. They explore the house, they have cocktail hour. And then we invite them back down from the house to the space where they had the ceremony for reception. Well, with that space, all of the tables and all of the chairs, well, I guess the chairs technically are used for the ceremony, but right. um, like the, the chairs still have to be moved, then the tables come in, then the chairs go around the table, then catering still has to set each place setting if they haven't already been set. Um, and so a lot of times what people don't think about is caterers will actually add an additional charge to their invoice mm -hmm. for labor. So just be aware that if you are needing a room flip, you need to effectively communicate that to your caterer up front if you're trying to budget appropriately, because otherwise sometimes it's a little bit of a shock factor to clients when right. it's like, well, that wasn't included in the original thing. And it's like, well, originally you didn't tell them you were needing a room flip and they've got to staff five extra people to make this happen in an hour. Um, so I think that's like, I, I would say out of anything is making sure there is sta appropriate staff 
to make it all happen within an hour because it's actually what typically would happen in two to three hours for setup is right. shoved into one hour. So it's typically a deeper um, staffed catering company. That's most of the time who does it. You can also just hire staff from staffing companies to come in and do it as well and be additional help, which we do sometimes as well. So I'd say um, that's the biggest thing. And the other thing to think about too is sometimes if you're stuck in like the tent plan situation where you're having to flip a tent, I've told clients sometimes it's good to only have like three rows of chairs for ceremony so you get that aisle concept, but keep the tables and still create an aisle with the tables. But maybe people need to sit at the tables during the ceremony so you're not having to move as much. Maybe you don't have a budget for staffing more, or maybe it just logistically is a nightmare and that's the best way to go about doing things. Then they can pull those chairs that are at the front for the ceremony after the ceremony and put in a head table right there. And then there's not much moving that has to go around um, for the flip. So there's a, there's a lot of different variables that play into a room flip, and it's definitely dependent on the venue and the logistics of the venue. But I would say those are my biggest nuggets of uh, nuggets of knowledge. Again, that's my favorite word today, apparently, for room flips. But you have the nuggets of knowledge, so that so, so you should use the word. And you know what? I'm glad you you touched on um, the physical part of it because it is physical. I mean, you, you you think about it. They're taking all these chairs down, resetting, setting tables, setting centerpieces, putting linens out. I mean, it, it's a lot of work to to do a room room flip. And uh, the companies that do it really well are just amazing. They're like a it's like a pit crew at NASCAR. Uh-huh. Where they get it in is. There. It that is. is such a good analogy. Yeah. It is literally like a NASCAR. It is. And it's they do it fast. They do it clean. They get them in and out of there, move everybody in, and nobody is the wiser. So uh, so good job. So um, Ellen in Pensacola, Florida, we are so glad you got the question in, and thank you for yes. asking that. So next thing I want to do, Abby, is I try to do a spotlight song every week, and this is one I'm doing for a first dance. So a lot of folks... Um, like some of the traditional songs and uh, love it, but want a different spin on the traditional songs. And there are a couple of new artists that are doing, all they do is do remakes. Um, there is a duo based out of Canada called Music Travel Love. Um, we did this song for a client uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I just fell in love with it and fell in love with the vibe of these guys. And so I'm going to play a little bit of it while we talk about it. So basically, this is a remake of a Jonas Brothers song. Uh, the name of the song is When You Look Me In The Eyes. And they have redone it um, just as a duo with acoustic guitars. And it is just amazing. It's so sweet and genuine. It's a really good, just romantic, solid wedding song. And yeah. I love it because I'm all about bringing in new and different songs to your wedding day. Yeah, and I, I looked these guys up. Uh, Clint and Bob are their names. Um which aren't very Canadian names, but <laughs> they are from Canada. They're uh, they're a duo. They used to be uh, just just a regular pop duo, and then started doing remakes. And now they're huge, and people are using them for their weddings and and all types of events. But um, this song is going to be featured up on the DJ Songlist app. If anybody wants to download the DJ Songlist app, it's going to be in the first dance section there as well. And you know what, Abby? I think we're going to do a segment where we're going to do some non-traditional stuff and talk about some artists that people can go check out um, for non-traditional versions of songs. I know that uh, Sleeping at Last does a very good version of, of some some remakes, and, and there's some other artists as well. So I'll dive deeper into that, and we'll, we'll come up I with that I think that's a while. great idea. Let's do that. Yep, that sounds Next great. episode, guys, coming up. <laughs> coming up. Stay tuned. Um, so we, so we also have some le- celebrity wedding news. We're not going to go too long with that, but we're going to uh, congratulate Patrick Mahomes, who just got married, to Brittany Matthews. 
or Patrick and Brittany got married. Uh, how long ago was it? A couple of weeks ago? It was, yeah, just back in March, so okay. like a month or two ago. But they, um, some funny things that I just like to share. So yeah. obviously, he's the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, and they got married in Hawaii, and um, they actually got engaged back in September of 2020. And I didn't know this, but they have like they have been friends and dating for a really long time. Really, um, they went to high school together. And then in 2021, um, after they announced their, or I guess at the end of 2020, they announced their engagement. They also announced that they were having their first daughter. So they had a daughter and then they decided to tie the knot this year in Hawaii. And they've already announced since that wedding that they're having baby number two. Wow. So anyways, Honeymoons high school, do that. sweethearts, honeymoon babies. That's right. <laughs> But yeah, that's my celebrity wedding news for today. So I have a trivia question for you. Do you know where um, where Patrick Mahomes played high school football? The White House High School or something like that? Yeah, but do you know where it is? No idea. Tyler, Texas. He is the Shut pri- up. He is the pride of Tyler, Texas. As a matter of fact, when I came out to do that wedding with you, that was our stopover point. And it is all Patrick Mahomes all the time there. We went to a sports bar for dinner and it was Patrick Mahomes. It was like a shrine to Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, he's from Tyler, Texas. I did not know that. That's awesome. A Texas boy makes good and marries Brittany Matthews. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So the last thing that we do, ladies and gentlemen, and hopefully this is one of your favorite segments. It's one of mine as a DJ um, is we do a top 10 list of songs. It's sponsored by DJ song list. Again, if you want to download the DJ song list app, it is on the Apple app store. Just type in DJ song list and it will give you all kinds of lists that you can, that can help you plan your wedding. And you can actually create a list in the app itself and email it to your band or DJ and also listen to samples of songs. I mean, there's all kinds of cool options on there. So this week we are doing um, disco songs. And just so you'll know, you can follow the list that Abby and I do on our Spotify page. It is Black Tie Events dash WP Radio. So Black Tie Events dash WP Radio. And this list is up there now. So you can uh, check the list and follow it. We got all kinds of great lists. I think we're up 26 lists now that we have up there so every time we do a list we try to throw it up but we are ready for the disco songs top 10 did you get a chance to listen to the list abby uh of course you always know we me and kj we jam out to these lists this this was probably kj's jam right up his alley i I could see him running around doing this one and and having charlie (laughs) chase him around the room so uh you got it Uh, so coming in at number 10 and these are the top 10 disco songs but again i did 50 on the list so you guys can listen to all 50 or do a shuffle and and just have a disco party at your house um, coming in at number 10, Casey and the Sunshine Band with Shake, Shake, Shake Your Booty. That's exactly right. This one actually makes you want to sing to it. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How many people use the word booty anymore? Does anybody use the word booty anymore? With my child. <laughs> I'm going to smack your booty. Coming in That's at right. number nine, we have uh, Shake Your Body Down to the Ground. That's like first set of the night getting the dance floor going yeah these are great and you know disco sets usually when i'm djing i usually do disco as my my first set because it's just everybody relates to it everybody had fun to it they remember the songs and they know them so um coming in at number eight and this one's been on a couple of our countdowns dancing queen by abba oh i can go to town on this song yeah this is a great one and this was on our girls list too if you remember abby of the songs will get girls on the dance floor 
Oh, yep. Very consistent with what I just said. <laughs> yep, absolutely. There you go. Uh, coming in at number seven, Funky Town by Lips Inc. Won't you take me to Funky Town? Um, and that's a great dance song. Um, coming in at number six, the disco legends, the Bee Gees, with You Should Be Dancing. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, but the Foo Fighters redid this song, and they actually did a really good version of it. Yeah, they did a great version of it. Go check it out when you get a chance. Uh, coming in at number five, The Village People, with one of the all-time favorite interactive dances. That's what we call them at weddings, when you get everybody doing the hand gestures and the movements and everything else. It's called an interactive dance, and this is one of the big ones, YMCA by The Village People. That is a, yeah, that's like a guarantee to get some people going, yeah. including the kids. Absolutely. Even. Kids love it. Kids love it. And, and it teaches them to spell. <laughs> win win coming in at number four play that funky music you know what oh, i love yeah. you know what i love to do with this song abby is when it gets to the part where it says where it shouts play that funky music white boy is i love to turn turn down the volume and let people scream it as loud as they can it. and then turn it back up yeah yeah so we get some interactive stuff going coming in at number three brick house by the commodores I feel like this could be, this could even be fun to play in uh, during like grand entrance even. Oh yeah. I don't know. It, this has like got a fun, funky groove to it. Yeah, absolutely. And for those who are not familiar with the Commodores, they were R&B group in the 70s and 80s, and their lead singer was Lionel Richie of American Idol fame. So uh, there's a little trivia fact for you. Um, coming in at number two, a number another Casey and the Sunshine Band song, "Get Down Tonight." Get down, get down. Do you think this was controversial back in the day in the 70s where he says do a little dance, make a little love, or do you think nobody cared about it? I think nobody cared, but nowadays either. it's probably very different. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree, I agree. And last song in our top 10 disco songs countdown, sponsored by DJ Songlist, the quintessential disco song, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. I was so glad this one was first because I literally feel like this is the song where you point to your hip and point out like this yeah. is the song that you do that to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a great song. So the quintessential disco song. So that was our countdown of the top 10 disco songs. Again, sponsored by DJ Songlist. We uh, appreciate uh, them for sponsoring the show and also providing all the lists for us. Again, if you want to download the DJ Songlist app, go to the Apple App Store, type in DJ Songlist, and get to planning and get to picking songs. So, Abby, great show today. It was so much fun. And, uh, again, thank you to Jessica Upton, who uh, did a great job. Uh, do you have a web address for her so people can go check out her? Uh, her? I, yeah, her planning address is Upton Uptown Events texas.com so you can access her that way and then she's obviously also on social media and then her travel agency which you can use for honeymoons and or personal travel is jay upton travel so those are her two companies and yeah she wealth of information i learned something in this i thought it was amazing and i hope that it was helpful for all of you out there whether you're planning your wedding or helping plan an event for you know anything I, that was just great information to know about contracts and traveling and all that jazz absolutely and we want to thank our sponsors the phoenix radio network show runs every saturday and sunday at noon on the phoenix radio network just go to phoenixradio.net um also ach events 
amazing wedding planning company got a great staff and abby is the fearless leader of that team so uh go check them out and black tie events which is my company with offices in atlanta dallas fort worth and hilton head south carolina so abby another amazing show we just gets better and better each time we do it and we give people such good information thanks for coming on with us today yes thank you i hope you guys enjoyed it it was jam-packed full with good stuff and um can't wait to come back and do the next episode We'll be back with more Wedding Pro Radio soon, so stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen.